This is a shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day, mommy. Love you. Thank you for being the best mom, for being there when I need you, for being my best friend. And when I come to rant or geez or say a whole lot of things, you're there to listen. Say thank you. My siblings and I appreciate you and we love you so much. Love, 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 love you. Thank you, mommy. Thanks for always coming through. Thanks for being so supportive all the time. Thank you for all the early mornings that you spent making sure we were set for the day ahead. Thank you for teaching us all how to plan ahead and how to be organized. Thank you for devoting your time and your resources to making sure we were all on the right path in life. Thank you. Thank you for making us find God early. We couldn't have asked for better. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome back, everyone. From the conversation we've had so far, we've highlighted a number of crucial points. With a generation that questions everything, it's important to be honest about the things you have the answers to and the ones you don't. Our friend Emmanuel Opole has a few questions for our guests today. But Joy, I hear you have something before that. Yeah, I have a few questions for Emma. <laughs> I'm sorry, I call her Emma. <laughs> yes. So, Manuela. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. <laughs> no. I'm going to stick with Emma. <laughs> um, what's different about the way your mother brought you up? Like, did she bring you up as like an authoritative? Because you know we have different parental styles, right? Was she permissive? Was she, was she an authoritarian? Mm-hmm. Or was she neg- <laughs> yeah, somewhere in between? Or negative, so. Ah, well, my mom. Let me say, I'm one person, like, ever since I was small. I don't know if it's because of the gap between my brothers and I, because, like, my older brothers, they're all brothers. And I'm the only girl. (laughs) So I don't know, maybe they didn't want to play with me or something, but, like, I've always been with my parents. As opposed to, like, you know, current, the present day, like, you'd hear, like, I'm closer to my parents than a you'd say like a normal person should be. (laughs) And when it comes to my mom, like, wow, I think I could say she's like my best friend, like Mm -hmm. my sister. Like, we are like super close. Mm -hmm. When I say super close, like, I hear like what people were saying about how like you can't question, you can't talk, you can't, like with my mom, we're like literally friends. She tells me stuff that she's concerned about. I tell her stuff. So like, um, she has created an environment where like I can be open completely about anything. Anything at all, boys, school, life, worries, any single thing, religion, any aspect, and it's it's been it's been good. Like, of course, there are days we fight, and there are days we like get back together and we're all normal. And it's 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 nice being able to have days of arguments and then being able to make up, and it's it's been it's been good. She's not been authoritative or <laughs> any of that. It's been good. So, how are you planning on raising your children? Like when you come. 
Uh, are you going to take from her? Are you going to be completely follow the way she does, or you're going to have a mix of? No, well, I mean, I would take definitely yeah. like um, parts of how I've been brought up, not just from her, but my dad, like the whole family. There okay. definitely been um, things that have made me who mm -hmm. I am, have made me more like outspoken and everything. But then, obviously, as we progress with time, there are different things you have to adopt. Yeah. So I would evolve too, but in line with Christ, obviously, and mm -hmm. with what I've also learned. Um, I might refine it, because I mean, there's some part I'm like, mm, okay, I'll probably do a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah, basically. So we're in the age of um, um, beating a child or using the rod, right? Becoming more alien <laughs> to a whole lot of young people who feel like you should not spank the child, just talk to the child. And yeah, we know some people go out of the way and literally hurt the child in a way that shouldn't. But like as a young person, right? Mm. Are you going to discipline your child with the rod? Like spank your child when he does something wrong? I will. I mean, oh. <laughs> it's a the road as well, the child, but <laughs> I mean, I've grown up where, like, they've spanked me, especially my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I would, but I mean, I think maybe it's, like, the intention with, yeah. like, um, mm -hmm. should I say spanking the child or flogging mm -hmm. the child? There are some people that flog, like, pull their whole anger from work, from mm. life, and then you're not only just trying to teach the child, you're literally just pouring out your whole anger on the child, and it shouldn't be like that. And let's say you're flogging, the, like, I've been flogged many times, but I hold no grudge. I'm almost like, okay, yes, you're probably for good reasons. So, like, I would still spank my child, but, like, with love, if I can do that, mm -hmm. spank with love, but yes, <laughs> I think I would. But then, obviously, not just with spanking, like, you can always correct yes, in other ways, so it's going to be, like, a combination. Combination, yes. Yeah. So, okay. so hear you. Hmm. Yes, I've heard a lot from our mo wonderful mothers here, like, some that have encouraged me and some that have scared me. Because, <laughs> like, for example, in my case, I'm the last one mm -hmm. and I'm the only girl. I've not had younger ones to say, let me take care of. You know, you said, like, you've had to play mother by um, role. So I'm like, okay, when I hear, and then you complain about, like, challenges, having to pick this one, drop this one, feed. I'm like, okay, well, I'm also like, okay, the career option, like, for example, for me now, I'm going to be a doctor. And then I want to have kids, and with my husband, the whole family, like, I'm like, now question, I'm like, wow, can I actually handle that? Like, I mean, sometimes I actually have fears, like, would I actually be a good parent? Will I be able to fit into that role? Like, so how would you, like, quell that fear that's now, like, brought up in me? <laughs> I don't know. You know, the last time we had breakout sessions, you know, with a young mother, my class was with young mothers. You know, and we're talking about the challenges of, you know, running a home as a, as a mother with small, little children. Your life is packed full with activities. Maybe you have two, like myself, three little children, and you want to be able to do your devotion. You want to also be able to uh, follow your career, and then you want to run the home. You want to attend to your husband. Yeah. I think these are things that you know you you should try and take care of to some extent before you even get into marriage. Yeah. Whoever you are getting married to should take cognizance of the career you are you are pursuing mm -hmm. and know that this career is this demanding and less demanding. Mm -hmm. 
and then when you enter into um, marriage and you you have to have children you will watch this person too it helps and then please like i said family is not a religious activity so that you will say um i must pray from 3 a.m to 4 a.m so uh, anybody if i don't pray then god is not in my life no i i rediscovered that i have sometimes i do my devotion in the car Mm. He was looking as if it was stupid, but I knew I was enjoying it. Then, now my car doesn't have a, a, a radio, but then that time I had cassettes, piles of cassettes, so I play Christian music, I play Christian messages, I listen to them, and I pray along. When they give prayer points, I pray along as I go. So if you if you are saying, how many of you did your devotion today? I will raise up my hand because I did. So if you don't come out with a formality of it must be like this, it must be like that, there's no reason to fear. It is when you have this rigid mentality of what a family should be. That's when you run into trouble. But if you know family is a community where you commune, you are, you, the fear shouldn't be there. Yes, it is tasking, it's going to wait, but you know, this thing is for a while. You can get help here and there. At a point, I knew that it was becoming more demanding, so I got help. An elderly woman who come to do most of the house chores so that I can now focus on the children and some of the things that I need to do with them. So you can get help, but also, maybe in your place of work, you can limit the activities that you take on. There are some things that, if it is not compulsory, can you say, please, I have a family, please, can I be excused from this? It will help. You know, so all of those things, it is just for you to sit down and, like she said, plan. What do you want? You know, if you know that having five children is going to give you headache, Two, there's no problem with it, you know. And but you know, you have to discuss some of these things before you even get into marriage. Not that you you people are doing love, you know, enjoying your relationship while you are as a marriage, and suddenly you got married, and the man is saying, "I want five children," and you are saying, "No, <laughs> ah, two children, no, because of this career thing." I say, you see, problem has started. Mm -hmm. And when there's a problem like that, even if you have one child, you won't be able to take care of the child. <laughs> So why don't you just plan your home? Plan the way you want it to be. There are some exigencies that you may not plan for, mm -hmm. but you'll be able to manage it around your planned life. You know, so, and be prayerful. God will always give you wisdom on how to work out something. So I told the young mothers, I said, see, don't let anybody make you feel that you are not Christian enough because you didn't wake up at five o'clock to pray. Because you woke up at 5 o'clock to attend to your children, and then you had to get them ready. Okay, I have a car. What of those mothers who don't have cars? You still have children, you know. Uh, at a point, my, like I said, my husband is not always around. My son was in school somewhere else. I was working in another direction, and then my other children were in boarding school. It was, that was, in, in fact, it was activity. So what did I do? I went and talked to one man in our church who has a, a keke, and I said, please, every morning, 
I will take my children and drop them in school in the afternoon. Can you help me be, bring them back home? And because I know him, he's in church, you know, he's a Christian, it was easy for me because I discovered that I will close from my place of work and drive to my children's school to go and pick them. By the time I reach them, my children are already tired. Mommy, we've been waiting since you didn't come. And the get man was already saying, Madam, yeah, then Kennedy, are they always the last to go home? I say, ah, no, I have to do something about this. And when I, since when I, I, I brought out that plan, it's, it worked. Once they are closing, the Keke man is already waiting for them. He picks them, takes them home, and I know they could manage themselves. One or two hours later, I'm back home with them, you know. So just plan. When you plan, things will fall into place. There's no reason to fear. Mm -hmm. I also think that um, I, I kind of understand those fears that you are having because I had them too. And like I said earlier, the main um, reason why I had mine was because of the way I grew up and the way I saw things happen around me. So I told myself, I don't think I want to do absentee parenting. I was too, too scared for that. The fear of adding to the issues that are already on ground were, were so overwhelming that I told myself, okay, whatever sacrifices that it will have to take that's within my power to do, I'd rather go for it and then have the kind of family that I really desire to have. And so to start with, at the time, I was very cautious about the type of guy that I was going to even agree to play around with. Not to talk of mine. Not to talk <laughs> of mine. I was really, really, really very skeptical. Yeah. So many times, I didn't even hide it from the guys. I would just tell them, see, you see your own style. <laughs> you send me airtime, and I didn't even see it in 10 minutes, and you are furious about that 10 minutes ago you sent it. I already know that. This one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure you have what it takes. Some of them, I'll just already tell you, see, your, your make, your wiring. Um, I apologize greatly, but it can't work. It was beginning to make me look as if, uh, you see this AY, just let her be the type of person she's looking for is not made yet. <laughs> and I'd, I preferred to just be on that lane because I knew where I was coming from. I needed somebody who would take me like that that these are my fears, I really have them, understand them with me, and then be on the same page with me concerning the type of family that I desire to have. I didn't want to be an absentee mom, and I wasn't ready to have an absentee husband at the same time. I saw the cross my mom had to carry. It's not funny having mothers who would do the job alone. I don't think that any lady should, it should go through it. It's more than what it appears to be all the time. You see the women and they look like, oh, superheroes, they are coping well. If you are in their space, hmm. you will not believe that they are the same people who come out every day and then they look as though all is well. What they go through behind closed doors is terrible, is overwhelming. So I saw that and I told myself, mm -mm, the time is now. Get this done with. And then 50% of the challenges are even done uh, are okay. We now have 50 to deal with. So I had those fears, and then I told myself what and what I needed to do. So at the time before I got married, I got a job with an NGO and was doing well. For a single lady, salary was cool, everything was fine and all. And then I got married, and 
NGO work would not tell you that. In fact, maternity leave was not even spelled out. You had only six weeks to do maternity, and then you couldn't bring your child to work. Whether with or without a nanny, it's not acceptable. They can send you anywhere at any time. Your weekends are not even yours to start with. You could be in the middle of service, and once your phone rings, you have to answer. They don't want to know what it is you are going through. So you can't even call in late to say, uh, my baby slept with a fever. Sorry, I will be coming. There's nothing like that. So when I got, uh, when we got married, I continued the job. And then through two, three, four months, I think by the fourth month when I found out I was pregnant, we agreed with my husband to start working my resignation. There was no job on the ground at the time, but we both agreed because he was, he still is, we were on the same page as to the type of family we wanted. So it made it a lot easy, so much more easier to sacrifice a whole lot. So we were now looking, okay, we're about to have a one-way income, and then the family is about to get bigger. But we felt if this is what it is, then it has to be it. Because I didn't want to imagine having an external person in the house. I mm. grew up with aunties on ending. Like I said, my mom is a nurse. Where do you want to see them? Like, where you said you were going um, medical doctor, I was like, mm, doctors are nurses' children. <laughs> Sometimes it's like even doctors' children are better off than the yes. nurses' children. So my mom had one auntie or the other coming over. It was just God's grace that saw us through because we saw it all. The ugly sight of... In fact, it, it was a whole lot. It was a whole lot. So I just told myself, having nanny, auntie, somebody, somebody, mm -mm. let's just do, let's just not even go into it at all. Because I didn't want to imagine, how, what if the grace was not, was not as well handled like the one I had for my children? Will they fall prey to some of these ills that I saw and all of that? So those fears got me, mm -mm just standard my resignation and said, okay, I wasn't doing any more. Let me just fix this thing. And they were like, ah, no, what happened? You need it. Now you're pregnant. No problem. You are talking about how much I need it, but you're not willing to adjust your own uh, um, work schedules and all to, to favor me. So how else? So I just decided to let it be. And thank God for my love for children generally. I decided, okay, why not venture into the teaching line? Not just because it's flexible, but because I, I will enjoy flexibility and at the same time passion goes. So it was easy for me to just go into the teaching line because I know that it's my line. I love this thing. And at the same time, it will afford me the kind of opportunity that I want with my kids. And we, together with my husband, we also agreed that perhaps the teaching line still doesn't work. would still be willing to let it go for family. So I keep telling myself that, you see, my children, we, we go together. I don't know, what, I don't care what anybody wants to call it, but as far as it's working for me and it's working for us, then let's go there. So like mommy said, everything she said is just the way it is. It doesn't matter what you're going into. The grace is always there, it's sufficient. And there's a whole lot that the Holy Spirit does. Honestly, it's, sometimes it, it, it happens like magic you find out that it's just 30 minutes I have and these things are so like this. You just begin to get some kind of rema and wisdom <laughs> and you are just doing the thing. And before you know it, 30 minutes, you've attended to everybody and you have some seven minutes left to cool off. And you are wondering, how did it happen? 
I mean, every mother needs that relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's ever ready. He just gives you some kind of seamless. Sometimes it's not as if he, the burden will go off you completely. But when it comes, you are able to handle it. The capacity to handle it is there. Something that ordinarily you swear to yourself that I can't do this. It comes and it goes. And you are now looking, come on, how did I do this thing that was seemingly so massive that... Like mommy said, when there is the need for it, please call for help. Like myself, I keep saying it, I don't want any stay in help. But from time to time, I call somebody, okay, are you available? Yes, please, I need you to come over, do chores and all of that. While the person is, is doing that, I'm with the children and I'm able to quickly do what it is I want to do. I'm able to have time for myself, do the things that I love to do, have fun and all. So at the end of the day, when it's 8 p.m., your house is speak and span. Your children have had sufficient time with you. You have also enjoyed rest. And nobody is hurt. Rather, we all are enjoying Peace. the benefits therein. So there's no need to be so rigid to say it has to be like this. I mean, it's best to just cut yourself some slack. Give yourself the opportunity to even make mistakes or even fail. Some of the times, it wouldn't go the way you plan, and that is the truth. If anybody tells you it's 100%, I mean, that person will just be lying to you. There are days that you regret even waking up because from start to finish, nothing just works. works. From your breaking your plates, from your charger got bad, <laughs> from your child got <laughs> an injury, from your husband refused to call to ask how you are doing, from then he comes back and rather than even see all that is happening, he's he thinking, why food. didn't it? So some days so you when just you're, when you're faced and, with those kind of and yes, actually to calm down. Yes, there was a day I was to go to work. I was packing things to go. Apparently, my brother-in-law gave me a brand new phone he brought from Korea. I was enjoying my phone, and as I was packing the teeth, the phone just fell on the ground. Wow! And it just scattered. And I stopped for a minute. It was like I should start beating the children because it was because of them that this phone is scattered. I stood there. Oh, I, I just packed things again. And we went. That day I had no phone throughout the day. We went to see my my chest was <laughs> was hot. <laughs> but I still went on to do my day's chairs. I finished them. When I came down in the evening, when I got to the school where I work, after I finished my work for the day, I now called one of my um, colleagues and said, My phone fell down today. Is there anything that can be done? I gave it to him. He looked at it and said, ah, this phone is finished, madam. You need a new phone. Ah. Phone that he just brought. Ah, the phone that he just <laughs> You need a new phone. I, need, I said, okay. I came back home. I told my husband, how can you be so careless? Mm. Hi. Mm. <laughs> I was like, you know, at that point, if you don't hold yourself, you are going to come out in a way that you will live the rest of your life regretting. Mm. I looked at him. I just hissed and went and I just went and slept. I did everything I need to do. I went and slept. You know. The following day, I went to Mamadebeloway um, to try to see if there's anything they can do. And they were like, okay, to change what happened inside, I need 22,000. Wow. 
to change what happened inside. I didn't, so I didn't ask money for a new phone. <laughs> I came back home. I'd lost all my contacts. I'd, in fact, that was the most painful part. I was working on some things that I put inside the phone. They were all gone. I was, in fact, I don't even know, but I, 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 I was confused. But what helped me was at a point, something told me, pray. And as I pray, I, I felt calm. You know, my husband had two phones. He just came back and said, take this one and manage for some time. That was where I started. And we, we were able to get another phone. And today, when I remember then, it was like I will not get myself back again right. after that thing happened. But I look back today and I'm wondering, why was I so pissed? It was just a phone. It's painful, yes, but it was just a phone. And your life didn't end because the mm -hmm. phone scattered. You know, so some things, like she said, some things will happen some days. Eh? If you want to use that to raise your children, you will kill them. Because sometimes you will feel so, sometimes the children will hurt you, hold it's your so fists. <laughs> so you feel like, and then they are, maybe your husband will come and act to itself. <laughs> And then in the middle of that, you remember that the soup you have on the fire is boiling. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, we're running out of time. So wow. I'll just ask um, this other two questions. We've been talking a lot about the younger ones, three-year-olds, toddlers, how to deal with them. So like, if you have an older child, because they will grow to that point. And yes, you've been training them. Okay, well, maybe I should start from this other part of having to teach them how to know God. You say you read to them, you sing songs. At what point do you, like, do they say, okay, mom, I'm ready to give my life to Christ, and you lead them to Christ? Or you just say, okay, let me lead you to Christ, and you do the whole, you pray, they respond, and then they're already in Christ. For example, if they ask me now, what age did you give your life to Christ? I mean, yes, I was born in a Christian family. We did pray, we did have devotions, we did all of that growing up. But I would say maybe when I was eight, that wasn't just one. So, like, and you now say you're sure that you've, by your child, when like by the age of five. Um. So yes, let's say they've grown, they've grown in a Christian family. They are preaching, or in a, they went to a Christian school, and then your child now comes back and says, okay, you know, there's now the whole eighties agnostic, and let's say the child is into science and is able to explain everything and say, "Kaimo, I'm agnostic now," or like I don't really believe in that. I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist. How would you handle that? And. I mean, because there are people like that. They've gone to Christian schools. They have even with pastors as parents and all. And then they'll be like, no, as in, would you say, okay, maybe it's just a phase. Maybe they'll pass through this phase. They're still trying to understand themselves. Or would you rebuke them? Or how would you actually handle a child like that? And then for another older child, all good. Let's say this one you've tried. You've tried and tried. You've taken this. You've taught them this. You've taught about this child doesn't just seem to listen. It's just becoming like a problem. Child's growing older. Is there a point where you just let go, or you keep trying, or like you've literally done everything you can? What do you send? What exactly do you do for the, those kind of children? You know, parenting never ends. You don't get to a point where you say, "Oh, I finish." Even when you have grandchildren, you are still parenting. So when you have a child that you think that you have done enough for, and then one day springs up a surprise on you is going to be difficult. But at that point, all you need to do is to calm, 
and pray for the child. If you have audience with the child, because some of them will not even give you audience. If you have audience with the child, take time to try to let them see. Ultimately, this thing is about them and God, not them and you. That's where we miss it. Because when you think it is them and you, where parents will say, don't spoil our family name. That is when you miss it. It's not about your family name. It's about these children finding themselves in Christ. So that, how will you feel if you get to heaven and your children are in hell? You understand what I'm saying? So it's not about finding, spoiling your family name. It's about them making it and you know, establishing themselves in Christ. So if you have a shock like that, it's going to be shocking if any of my children should come up with that kind of a thing. It's going to surprise me. But, but then again, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to seek audience for us to talk. How did he get to this point? And even after talking, if they said their mind is made up, I think the last thing I'll do is to resort to prayers. Yeah. God help me get him back. I know you can do it. And ultimately to give myself peace. Once you have done what you need to do and you keep praying for the child, get your peace and relax. God will do the rest. Of course, you, there are some things that you just cannot do everything. And then, you know, maybe the ones that you, you are trying your best, you know, and the child is just revolt, is revolting against everything you try to do. Such children, too, is prayers. There's little or much you can do. If you, there are some children that some parents have taken, they will take them to the barracks. They will say, help me beat this <laughs> child. Help. Your uh, Yoruba people will say, Adaniloro, you are just hardening them the more. It's not like you are, you are helping them to get out of the evil. So when you subject them to punishment, thinking that punishment would help them stop doing the evil, if punishment will help, People stop doing evil. Some of these armed robbers that have been caught and put in prison and tortured, you would think that when they come out of prison, they will never go into robbery again. They go back. So oftentimes, you know, when you just put your nails down, because like that's why I say parenting doesn't end. Even when you think your children are doing well spiritually, you don't go to sleep. Mm -hmm. You are still praying. God, let them not meet people who we turn them away from there. And then when your children have even grown and they too have become parents, you are still praying, God, help them to be able to parent their children the way we have done with them. So most times, do your bits and leave the rest to God. There, none of us can create our children or make our children to be a particular thing, but just do what God wants you to do and leave the children with God. If you have anything to add. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> okay, so, sorry, one. If you have, like, a 23-year-old or 24, 25, they're adults, right? Yeah. And, but they're still at home with you. Oh. And then they're being the whole, maybe, atheist or agnostic or just not believing. And then if you're having devotions and all that, and the child saying, no, me, I don't believe in this. So would you force it? My friend, we come here, like, we're in this house. Mm -hmm. Or how would you handle that? No, 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 no. You can't, you, you, well, if the child is staying with me, I can Persuade the child to be a devotion because this is my house. <laughs> my house, my rules. Yeah, this is my house. As long as you are here, even if you don't believe in it, we're all doing devotion, you have to sit down there. Whether you agree with what we are saying or not, yeah. just be there. 
Uh-huh. But when you go and stay in your own house, you can do your thing in your own house. But <laughs> as long as you are staying under my roof, this is my house. And I used to tell my children, I say, see, none of you have any place. You don't claim anything in this place. So everything here belongs to me and my husband. The best we can do for you is we are training you so that you can go out and have your own. No, don't, if, if any of you is thinking of inheritance, say, wait, let us die first. <laughs> Abby, uh-huh. so don't don't give that chance for a child that I've chosen it is don't force me mm-hmm. maybe in the American society in fact in the American society mm-hmm. where children are that mm-hmm. at that age they are not in their parents house mm-hmm. most children at 18 have left their home their parents home they are no longer with them by but, choice or uh, parents choose it yeah you say it is by choice or the parents just say no you can't I think it is a, it's like a normal, it's, it's, a, okay. it's like a, a rule, you know, at okay. 18, a child is permitted to leave. And most of these children who go against their parents' uh, ideology usually leaves the house. Hmm. So if a child has left, what will you do? Prayers. But if the child is staying with me, no, the child has to be by my rules. This is my house. Man, I, I strongly believe in the concept of repetition and consistency. Yeah. For children, right from birth, repetition does it. Mm. Consistency, together with it, does a lot. Mm. So as a parent, you have to get to that point of, of I've, I've concluded that this is what it will be. They'll do a lot of stuff to push you, to adjust, to shift mm. the boundary lines yeah. a yeah. little. Yeah. You have to understand that tactic. Mm-hmm. So the child does something today and is waiting to see whether the I will beat you of yesterday has changed Change. to, okay, don't do it again, just let it. If the punishment for this thing is I will beat you, it has to be I will beat you till you leave the house. Mm-hmm. So there's no point where we get to where I now re- begin to relax it. Once a child knows that you have those tendencies, mm-hmm. they've gotten you as a parent. Finally, mm. it's not to say you won't have compassion or mercy or whatever, but then they should be able to understand that on this particular thing, this is what it is. So that even if you get to that point where you're beginning to believe there's no God or I want to just be an atheist or whatever it is, it's that I won't stop telling you the good news. The, the issue of this salvation, you will keep hearing because mm-hmm. they are seeds. That's what we get to believe, that these things are seeds. We keep talking about it. So it's not at the point where the child now makes a resolve to say that I don't, um, I'm, I'm not giving my life to Christ. It's not that very day that it happened. It's that it's accumulative of all that you've been hearing. Mm-hmm. Is that the day that that child resolved that, oh, I'm changing my ways and I'm giving. That's the point where all the watering is now, the seed is beginning to bud. And so it's for them to have something to fall back on. It's for, it's for them, sorry, it's for them to have those words ringing in their heads. They won't, for, if, if the mind is blank, then it has nothing to work on. Mm-hmm. But we keep depositing the word. Prayers keep going on. You keep hearing it as often as you can. Even if you are no more in the house, on phone, you, you at least you pick my call. <laughs> and on phone, you will get to hear Jesus loves you. Don't worry. You will get to hear it somehow. Even if you don't want me to preach to you, in my prayer, I will chip in uh-huh. what I want you to hear. So it becomes a repository in your mind. 
whether I know it or not, the child will not be able to deny that there were points in my life where mommy's words came calling, mm -hmm. where I get to hear them. That's the idea. So it's now for parents not to give in. It's now for parents not to give up. That though it's discouraging that, may we not even see such, but because Amen. you have asked, it's that it's hurting to the parent that my child haven't done all that I've done, has gotten to this point, but I won't give up. I will keep keeping at, I'll keep at it and then hopefully trusting God that one day these words will germinate in this child mm -hmm. and then there will be a turnaround. So for parents, whether in the aspect of discipline, whether in the aspect of spiritual um, um, learning, every aspect, every sphere, I think that motherhood comes along with consistency. Whatever it is you choose to do, keep at it. It could be very discouraging. Some days you just want to forget it. Some days you just want to let it slide. Like yesterday I told Ayomide to turn off the TV. TV time was over and then he needed to do some schoolwork. And he was grumpy and was telling me, okay, what should he do? I said, okay, I want him to write a journal. But because I wanted to do two things at the time, clean the kitchen and then get him to do the work. If it's journal he's writing, I would need to sit with him to do some spelling corrections. So I said, okay, let's do one to 200. He will be able to handle that. When I'm mm -hmm. done, I'll just go through. So he was saying, but 200 would take time. <laughs> the, 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 the me in me felt, Kai, it's true, 200 <laughs> would take time. But then I now told myself, no, if I now tell this boy to just do 150, mm -hmm. tomorrow he'll tell me 150 is too much. He wants to do 100. I said, no, let it be. He came to me like six times or so to ask me what was afterward or something. <laughs> I would correct him. And deep within me, I wanted, I wanted to feel, he has done 170 now. He was okay, but I felt, let me even test myself too on this and see whether I can. And I was so excited. The boy could do it. He did it all through. So even the coming over and over was just to get me to bend. Yeah. And by the time he was done, he himself was excited. I was happy. We were both happy. And then the day continued happily. So I also learned that, see, many times we have to put our feet to the ground to say, you see this thing. It's for your good mm -hmm. and for mine in the long run. So let's just fly with it. So honestly speaking, there's no, there's no way that there's nobody who is doing it all perfectly. Mm -hmm. We're all a work in progress. Like mommy said, you will think that ah, when they are all married and they are gone, we can now breathe a, a breath of fresh air. At that point, you begin to feel, ah, God, now they are married. They must not dis uh, disappoint somebody's daughter. daughter. Your work still continues. <laughs> yes. You are still talking. You are they still praying. Their, their when grandchildren start coming, you will start, ah, God, the, the God who helped me with my children. This my so children there's no this. point where you rest. It's, it can only just get better. And I don't think you should be under any pressure. Nobody should be under pressure mm -hmm. to parent for an applause. Mm -hmm. You may hardly I, I, get that it. Was the point. Somebody else's conviction should not determine your exactly. lifestyle. Exactly. We all have different angles of the tentacle we are holding exactly. on to. Some people are already up there. Some of us are only just beginning. That is not to say we shouldn't have mentors. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that you shouldn't seek validation exactly. from society. Okay. If you do that, you'll be under pressure and you will still miss it eventually because no matter how you go with it, there's somebody somewhere who will still feel you're not doing, doing it. The right thing. So the best thing is your husband and yourself are on the same page concerning a matter that you know that God is happy with. Honestly speaking, that is all anybody needs to know. Society pressures are bound. Mm -hmm. 
if you're all speak and span, ready to go, always looking good, somebody feels, what is it? Your own is too much. If you're a little relaxed, they feel, ah, ah, is it not your mate that is doing twice as much? So I feel that the watchword is satisfaction for yourself and your spouse. And then you are sure that heaven is smiling with what you are doing. And you are sure that you are not relaxed. You are pulling your weight. You are taking up the challenge. You are doing it as often as you can. Honestly, that is what I have decided to. And I think that it's what every upcoming mother or even already existing mothers should get to, to sink in. So that we don't miss it all. It's that heaven is happy and we are satisfied. So I really think that's, that's where we should be what we should be aiming at. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And on that note, our show for today comes to an end. Thank you all so much for coming on. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank you. This episode of Youth Vibes was produced by Ernest Nampon in collaboration with Akapatu Church Youth Fellowship. Our theme music is by Basho Adamu. Special thanks to Joy Wazo and Nkami Iwara. Happy Mother's Day to all our amazing mothers. And thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Thank you.